Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Well, the first thing I'd like to say is I think Kim needs an award for that long, long gospel reading. <laughs> uh, this has been a really tough last few days, hasn't it? Nothing like this has happened for any of us here as far as a pandemic like this around the globe. As I was writing this homily, I had a new appreciation for the panic of the Israelites in our first reading from Exodus 17. See, the Israelites had left a hard place in Egypt where they were abused and enslaved. They followed Moses across the sea and into the wilderness. And when, and when they got there, it was pretty rough. They were camped out, and there was no water for people to drink, or running out of food, and the scripture says they quarreled. They demanded Moses to give them water. Well, how was Moses supposed to do that? They were testing God, and they said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Is the Lord among us or not? Well, in some ways, I feel that's where we are right now in our nation and in our world. People asking, is the Lord among us or not? What's going on? And I think the answer is this. I believe the answer is this. Yes, he is among us. He's right here with us. Because the scripture says about God that we will never be alone. It was in the book of Deuteronomy when Moses knew his time was up and Joshua was ready to lead the people into the promised land. And Moses' final words were this to Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Deuteronomy chapter 31. And what motivates God to be with us? What motivates God to rescue us? What motivates God to save us? And for that, we can turn to Cranmer's comfortable words once again. Last week, I introduced them to you, the four different parts that come after the absolution in, in right one. And in the first verse, the first of the comfortable words that we talked about last week. We heard the words of Jesus when he said, Come unto me, all that travail and are heavy laden, and I shall refresh you. Those are words of comfort and rest, a promise of refreshing. And in the second words of comfort, we hear the motivation of this promise, the words of Jesus from John 3.16. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have life everlasting. We heard these words last week in our gospel reading. Jesus had a, a secret meeting on a rooftop with a Pharisee named Nicodemus, and they were talking about what it means to be born of the Spirit of God. And then Jesus said the most famous verse of the Bible, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, in the 16th century time of Thomas Cramer, the focus was not so much on grace, but on judgment. It was on hell fire. John 3.16 was, of course, read then, too. 
But instead of love as a focus, theologian Ashley Knoll says, the focus was on, look at what Jesus did for you. What have you done for him lately? It was on works and less on grace. But the reformers would have none of that. They preached that the glory of God is to love the unworthy. The glory of God is to love the unworthy. You see, the motivation of God is his love. God is love. The verb is, I-S, is a verb of being. It's a state of being. God is love. It's who he is. He doesn't get away from that. God's not going to wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm, I'm really tired of loving. I think I'll be something else now. Rest assured, that's not going to happen. Amen. God is love. And because God is love, and because God loves his creation, the cosmos, the universe, the world, and the people he created, he gave his only begotten son, the one-of-a-kind son, to be slaughtered so that all of us who believe upon Jesus would have eternal life. God is love. It was in our second reading from Romans 5 where we heard, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that we receive as Christians when we believe God's love has been poured into our hearts, transforming us, changing us. We have white vestments on today because at 8 o'clock this morning we had a baptism. The grace of God that begins to bring a heart of change. God's love for us is unchanging, ever-reaching. No matter what we have done, God loves us. Listen again to our second reading from Romans. St. Paul writes, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No matter what we have done, no matter who we are, no matter what we look like, God loves us. And he wants to fill us with his love. Hear this today. God loves you. And he wants to fill you with his love. A transforming love that changes the way we behave, the way we live, the way we talk, the things that we do. We have a greater sense of this love when we humble ourselves and ask God to forgive our sins. Father Dave Pavanka, who's a Franciscan priest, um, he's been leading our video teachings at our ABC meetings on Thursday nights, which have been absolutely terrific, tells a story about a youth who had a really hard, difficult background. And Father Dave was sharing the love of Jesus with her. And while he was, he was talking to her, she was fidgeting with a penny in her, in her hand. And a few days later, she wrote him a letter. And this is what she wrote to Father Dave. She said, Father Dave, I was thinking about that penny I was playing with the whole time I was talking. Pennies go through a lot of stuff too. They get passed from person to person. They get dropped in the mud and then they get stepped on. 
But no matter how dirty and beat up they get, their worth stays the same. You know, some pennies have an easy life because they're all shiny. And then you have the black ones. They've, they've been through a lot. They're smudged. It's just like people. Some of us are shiny, and some of us are dirty and beaten up. And I feel like I am one of those dirty pennies in the gutter. But you picked me up, and you brushed me off. You showed me that I have worth. You told me a lot about a God who loves me, a God who doesn't want me to hurt or hate or to be angry. And for the first time, I'm starting to think that may be true. God loves you so much, an intimate love, a satisfying love. He cleans up our mess. In the midst of our despair, he becomes our hope. God's love is not just something that we understand, a mental discipline. It's something we experience. It transforms us. As Jesus said in our gospel reading regarding what he gives, he said to the woman at the well, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. God's love is real. God's love is present. God's love is here to satisfy your soul. No matter what happens this week, whether we get sick or not, whether we are scared out of our wits or not, may we know this. God loves you. And because of that, we can share this love with others. But Fa Father Mark, what, we were told to hunker down and isolate ourselves. So be it. Take time this week to pick up the phone and encourage someone. Share God's love with a relative, a church member, a neighbor. Let them know you care, that you're praying for them. Handwrite a letter or send an, an email sharing God's love. Don't recoil in fear and just tuck back and spend 24-7 with the news. Spend a bunch of time in prayer. Let's step up and share God's love to a frightened, frightened world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.